Spears. Damn you, old man! And welcome to the Old Man Wade Show. I am your host, the God of Stubborn, the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade. And this is an article, an article, wow. This is an episode I've been trying to do for almost a year since I started, since I wrote this article years ago. Well, not years ago, a year ago. It's the top 100 comic book characters of all time, by my opinion, obviously. And every time I tried to do it, it just didn't work out, um... There were conflicts between like scheduling and the people I wanted to do. Just like, oh, I can do it this day, and I couldn't do it this day because I work overnight. But since I'm out on out of, out of workman's comp for a while, I said, fuck it, and contacted Mary, the sapphic geek. Hello. <laughs> uh, you might remember Mary from the episode we did when we started talking about, we did a lot of Batwoman talk. We did a lot of talk about the um, LGBTQ plus community. We made fun of, um, oh, what the hell was it? BDSM Superman. Yep. <laughs> so, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, honestly, like, not much really going on. I made a bunch of, like, resin crap last night, so everything on my desk is covered in it. But isn't it kind of like, isn't it a good look when you look at it and go, yeah, I made that mess? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's great. It, it really is. I got uh, some glow-in-the-dark pigments, so I'm making glow-in-the-dark earrings for my wife. Ooh. Awesome. I made these cute little glow-in-the-dark turtles. That, that's pretty damn cool, actually. I, I turned 30, and I'm a white woman, so we naturally turned to crafting, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not making that the title, <laughs> but, I am, <laughs> but I, I am absolutely laughing at that. So so before we get into the list, where can people find you? Tell, tell us, just in case they, I don't know how they could forget you, but tell us, <laughs> tell them where they can um, find you, what you, what you do. I, um... Uh, you can first of all, you can find me primarily on Twitter at Sapphic Geek. Um, I also am the co-editor in chief for Comics Unmasked. We also have our own podcast called Panel to Panel, where it's myself, James, and Travis. We're three. Uh, I'm going to be polite here and say dumbasses <laughs> who um, just talk about comics and yeah, it's really honestly. There's really not much else to it, you know. You can find stuff at comicsunmasked.com. Yeah, and I've been on the show a couple times, and you guys are fantastic. You you say you say dumbasses, but y'all are fun. Y'all are fun to talk (laughs) to because because you're knowledgeable. That's one of the best things about it. Is so like when we're having a conversation, it's not like I'm talking to someone who only knows the movies and the TV shows. Y'all know the movies and TV shows and the actual comic books. Yeah, we we do have a lot of fun. I made the boys do a Mad Lib the last episode. What? <laughs> I had a book of Justice League Mad Libs I got years ago. So I sprung it on them at the end of the episode. I, I kind of wish I was there for that. because <laughs> <laughs> Superman flew up the pig's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's about how well it turned out. Oh, man. You know, I feel like I need to do this. I need to find a way to do that for my show. Just random Mad Libs and just... Because the people who I, who I have on my show are are goofy as can be and super intelligent. So I'm just kind of picture the stuff that they would come up with. I feel like it'd end up like a Harley Quinn episode. 
<laughs> Batman fucks bats. I fucking love that show. Isn't it like... Is this where you fuck the bats? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, did you read um the Eat Bang lo- um, Love Tour? I've read the first two issues. I've, uh, I haven't i have caught up on it completely, but I loved what's there. It's so fucking... I think it's like T. Franklin, I think is... Yeah, it's T. Franklin. Killed that. It, like, it was the perfect like interlude between season two and season three and I Oh yeah. I loved every minute of it. And like Poison Ivy, like dealing with her issues and it coming out at the end why she is the way she is and just all the random shenanigans and Hush getting kicked in the nuts was fantastic. Uh, did you get to have you gotten a Nightwing yet? I have not. Okay, then I won't say anything else. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll drop it. I'm sorry I even said the whole thing about Hush, my apologies, but I'll I won't get I won't say anything. No, Hush can always use a swift kick in the nuts if you ask me. He's one of... I never understand him. Like, at all. Like... I think he was one of those villains that worked in the initial story. But it's kind of hard to... I don't know. I've always found it a little difficult for certain bat villains to go beyond their initial story. Because what else can you do with Hush after... Haha, plastic surgery to look like Bruce Wayne. Like, <laughs> what else can you do with him after that? And it's so weird because it's like he's just, he's like, he's low budget chameleon. Yes. And I hate to say that about Batman villains and apparently Spider Man villains because Batman villains, I really feel, are superior, no pun intended, to Spider Man villains, with the exceptions of like, you know, like the Norman Osborns and uh, Otto Octavius and but even then, Otto Octavius was horrible for the, like, up until, what, 10 years ago, maybe? Sorry, I had to refill my drink. Oh. Cheers. But. <laughs> yeah, like, up until recently, Otto Octavius has been a horrible villain. Like, so. It, it, yeah, I, tr- I tried reading Superior Spider-Man, and, like, it was good, but I just, something about it, I couldn't get into it. It's not for everybody. I, it's funny. I kind of read it just as a fuck you to everybody else who was like sending Dan Slott death threats. And I'm reading this. And I'm like, I don't get what everyone was mad about. It wasn't, was it like the greatest thing ever? No. Was it fun? Yeah, it had its moments. But I was, yeah, I, I thought, I thought the premise was a really, you know, uh, actually, I thought it was a really kind of an inventive premise. Like, yes. what would your greatest villain do if he suddenly wound up essentially in your body? Mm-hmm. And I love that he tried his best to be a hero. And I liked Superior Spider-Man more after the comic book ended. I liked him in the... Was it Spider-Geddon? I think it was. I liked him in Spider-Geddon. I liked him in the Into the Spider-Verse uh, comic book series they did. I just wasn't a huge fan of... It It got old real fast. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I was just like, eh. But I did really enjoy the Superior Spider-Man they did. During, it was like right around the War of the Realms. That was an incredible comic book. And it just ended. And I was just like, I, Javi, my co-host and, and brother in arms, we were talking about it. And when he told me it was ending, I was like, all right, I'm not reading it anymore. Because it's like, I hate reading things when I know it's coming to an end. Especially yeah. when it's a character that I'm really starting to enjoy. See, unfortunately, I'm one of those Spider-Man readers that walked away after one more day, and 
by the time I even felt ready to kind of go back to Spider-Man after that book released, I, I was already too far gone. And to be honest, I'm not, I don't want to play, you know, eight years of catch up or whatever, you know? Yeah. And you'd be one of the, one of the many people who gave up because I gave up after one more day for a while. I jumped in. I think I jumped back in during Superior Spider-Man and I kind of jumped in and out between them. The Zeb Wells run after the one that just ended, the Zeb Wells run that's on now, I'm enjoying, but the one before that, like previous, like uh, pre-74 to whenever Dan Slott stopped writing it, I just didn't enjoy it. So I just stopped. Yeah. But now I'm back in it again, and it's, it's, been, it's been done pretty well. So I'm wondering how this next series is going to go with Spider-Man and I guess, like, you know, the, uh, the normal trope. Do you think Spider-Man's had it bad then? You haven't seen anything yet. Nah. Like, that whole thing. So I'm curious to know how that's going to work out. MJ's going to leave him again. Aunt May's probably going to have another heart attack. and He's going to get jumped by a bunch of villains. You know, that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is what we're here for. We're here to talk about the top 100 comic book characters according to Old Man Wade. So, we're going to start at 100, work our way down to 1. Um, I'll give a character, and I'd like your opinion on them. If you know them, if not, you know, we can just move on. So, we're starting at number 100, which is Yorick from Why the Last Man. God, I love that series. I absolutely love that series. And, like, I'll admit, like, a lot of Brian K. Vaughn's timely work, I guess you could say, it hasn't aged super well. I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who is unfamiliar with his work. I can see that. I can Um, And Yorick, for me, he's kind of the, like, archetypal dumbass. Like, he has likable qualities, but I appreciate that he's not a traditional hero. He does some truly very scummy things. Mm -hmm. But but it's in such a way where it's not like, oh great, this douchebag is the protagonist. It's it's genuine character complexity. Yes. And I think that was part of what was missed in the TV show, is like he's supposed to be a lovable dumbass. Yeah. In the show, I just hated him. I was like, wow, you just suck. (laughs) yeah i i i was gonna wait for the show and then i heard it got canceled and i'm like then i should probably just not waste my time with this which brings me to number 99 which is agent 355 who's honestly like if it was (laughs) if it it was oh i don't i don't we're not going there because that i i read the first time i read what happened to her i cried like i i know i did i i did as well i cried so the woman playing her her last name is roman if for nothing else, watch episode one just to see how great she was. Like she was the perfect representation of that character. You could see the way she interacted with York initially, where she was like, God, you're just another privileged white man. And then kind of changed the way she looked at him because she realized that like she had a job to do. Yeah. It didn't really... Now, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, in the TV show, do we ever get to Allison? That I think we got to Allison Mann. I think it ended right after that. Oh, she's my favorite. She was such an asshole. One of my favorite moments from that series it was when she goes, be careful, you have a big heart. And he goes, oh, that's so sweet. He goes, no, you don't understand. Having a big heart isn't good. I just, I love how much of a caustic gay bitch she is. 
And especially once in the, uh, the, the later half of the series when she gets with Rose and it's just that same deadpan bullshit, but in a relationship, it's perfect. I love it. She, everything, that's the thing about, I thought the characters were really well done from start to finish. There were some things I didn't like about it, but I was like, but overall it was such a great show. I mean, such a great, um, comic book series. And I was like, you know what? Oh yeah. I have to really give them the props for what they did because it was just that damn good. Yeah. And Agent 355 will go down as one of the biggest badasses in comic book history. Oh, yes. And it's... And, you know, you're an experienced comic book reader. You know the badass woman trope where they're badass because the plot says they are. And 355 is not one of those characters. Like, we see she has limitations, and we see she has strength. Like, it's... Brian K. Vaughn really at his best with ter- in terms of character creation. Because he was doing this and Runaways at about the same time. The original Runaways, Runaways book. I didn't know that was him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The uh, first uh, two volumes, basically, of Runaways. That was him. That, and that was a fan. That was one of my... When I was really getting back into comic books and I was just buying everything to catch up, a buddy of mine had him. He goes, here, take these, read them, give them back to me tomorrow. And I, I was like, tomorrow, he goes, trust me, you're not going to want to put him down. And I, he was right. Oh, God, no. And I did, and I was like, this is fantastic. So um, so moving on next, we have someone who I'm, who I'm wondering what your thoughts on are going to be. Homelander. <laughs> oh, did you see the teaser trailer for season three? It just I, dropped. I, I actually watched it. I watched it, wrote an article on it. And him milking a cow was the greatest thing ever. Right. I'm excited to see what they do with Soldier Boy. I love the Winter Soldier thing they kind of did with them, where it's like kind of coming out of like hibernation almost. See, part of me is worried. Like, are they going to do Herogasm? I kind of don't oh, want them to, but at the same time, I want them to. Um, Herogasm actually is. I'm actually looking it up now. Uh, Herogasm. It's actually episode. We'll put it like this. They named all the episodes, like, they numbered all the episodes, and then one of them just, so, it's like, June 3rd, 300, uh, episodes 1 through 3. So, like, that's the first one you're gonna get. And then it goes, uh, I'm trying to, uh, I hate fucking websites sometimes. And then it goes, like, you know, June 10th, June 17th, and then June 24th, it doesn't give you an episode, um, number, it just says, Herogasm. Oh, God, help us all. (laughs) People. Oh God, help us all! And you know what's funny? Everyone talks about how like like smutty and nasty it was. I'll go and I go. Did you guys actually see what happened in that? Because it was crucial parts of the story that came from. Oh yeah, hero gasm. Like I was talking to Javi yesterday when um he was like he goes why did Black Noir put a thumb up Huey's butt? I'm like so he would run back and tell them what was happening, but it just took him longer to do it because he had no reason to tell them because you know. Huey is Huey. And I can also say, I don't really like Huey in the show. Yeah. I loved him in a comic book, but I didn't love him in the show. So what do you think about Homelander at 98? Too high, too low, shouldn't be on here at all. I think 98 is a good spot for him because, I mean, like, like you even said here, it's just, we've seen evil versions of Superman before. And I would say, I would argue he stands head and shoulders above the rest because they kind of do the evil Superman thing and, you know, go a bit more depraved with it. Because something like Irredeemable, 
we see, you know, the more violent side of an evil Superman or hell, even an invincible. But I think there's a certain depravity that Homelander has that none of the others do. That's true. And it's funny because we never know which, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen this, we don't know which one was Homelander and which one was Black Exactly. Which one was Black Noir. So we don't know which one was the really sick fuck and which one was um, um, Homelander thinking it was him. And that was, Mm -hmm. like, that reveal, I think, was one of the top five reveals I think I've ever seen in a comic book. Oh, yeah. It it was legitimately shocking. Yeah. And I love that I did something bad. I'm like, ugh! (laughs) You creepy fuck! Uh, Number 97. uh, So I'm just going to ask if you think if they're too low, too high, or aptly rated. So when I ask, so number 97, we have Dakin. I I am partial to... Um, I'm I'm partial to Akihiro, so I would put him higher. But I think this is a good spot for him because there's a lot of other mutants. Yeah, and and you know what's funny about it is is this was me trying to put my bias aside for this because if I had to rate Dakin personally, he would be. Top <laughs> I am in. He, he I am incapable of putting my biases <laughs> aside. I, he would be at number. He'd probably be in top fifty. Especially after seeing all the stuff he's been doing in Krakoa and oh yeah, his evolution has been. Fit. I'm still pissed they canceled X Factor. That was legitimately my favorite X book next to the Marauders. I'm so mad that they canceled that. I was like, this, this. I'm never mind, never mind. I'm, I'm over it. But um, believe believe me, I feel you. <laughs> I I don't like the way editorial has been handling the X books because we have to keep the stupid ones, but the ones with genuinely new plots we have to get rid of. Yeah, I'm just glad Marauders hasn't been cancelled because it's been my favorite book, in, but I have a, I have a I wrote an article a while ago on um, my buddy's page Black Rabbit and we were talking, and I was like, Kitty Pride has had the best evolution in, in, in history. No one has oh, evolved yeah. as no one has evolved perfectly except for her. From when she was just, I, and actually the name of the title was uh Kitty Pride from timid, timid teen to Red Queen. See, the hilarious thing is, does you sound like my mother-in-law? <laughs> is that a good thing? <laughs> my mother-in-law is. Um, she was once dubbed the undisputed queen of the X Men. Oh wow! And she has. Okay, I have to stop and tell you the story because I think with your number one spot, I think you would appreciate this. Sitting in a wait, basic wait, 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 frame. Don't, don't spoil it. Save that story. No, 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 no. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm okay. dropping off her prized possession. Um, sitting above her, Fred in a, above her bed in a basic frame is an honest-to-God X-Men number one. Are you serious? I am absolutely that's, serious. That's I, I would put it at about 2.8, but she bought it for a few hundred dollars with her paper route in the 1980s. She still has the receipt. Um, she has, she let me go through her X-Men boxes and she has pretty much everything starting consistently, I'd say through the mid to late seventies. And she even has a few of the early, um, sixties books as well. It's not in, I actually have a picture of it. I'll send it to you. Um, it's not in perfect condition, but by God, she has one. But that's dope though. Like that's the type of like fandom that I really appreciate because I started, like, I collect comic book random things, and I started buying, I started collecting variants again when the Hellfire novel started, because I love the green carpet outfits, and I love what they did with that. So for me, 
I appreciate something like that because it, it, it shows like a real dedication and love for something. And to even get oh, yeah. a receipt for that, that's dope. And uh, here's one more little interesting tidbit before I take about half a sec. My wife's middle name is Rachel. Can you take a stab where that came from? <laughs> Prestige? Yes. Honest to God, that is where Rachel came from. That's dope. I like that, though. That's I like shit like that. <laughs> my wife famously that. does not like comic books. And uh, my mother-in-law had offhandedly mentioned it to me one time, and I told my wife in the car, and, you know, we came over, to, we got back to the house, and she kicked in her mom's door, and she went, really, mother? <laughs> So I'm, I'm assuming that you you and your mother-in-law go on and on about the comics and your wife is just sitting there like, ugh. Oh, yeah. And both of my in-laws. There's a picture of them from the 80s dressed as Supergirl and Mon-El for a Halloween party. Oh, that's dope. Can I ask you a question? Have you go seen um, She-Ra on Netflix? I have. Does does your wife give you the mer- the, mer- the mermista? Yes. <laughs> We we actually started uh, rewatching it a little while ago just to have something to put on while we're eating dinner. And it one we're still in. Uh, we just finished the first season, and I actually looked at her and went, "Am I the Seahawk to your Mermista?" <laughs> I almost put my beer out. I almost put my beer out. So, um, so my my home my my work bestie Krista, they were telling me, "You gotta watch this. You gotta watch this." And I'm like, I was like, "All right, fine, I'll watch it." So I started watching it. And I'm like, okay, this is cool, this is cool. And then it just kept getting better and better, better. and better. Yeah. And so we were, so it was Thanksgiving. We were both at work. And we both happened to be in a specific part of the building where we could just watch it. There was nothing going on. It was so bad, like, nurses were, like, laying on beds. It was so dead. It was, like, the perfect night. So me and Krista sat and watched, I think, seven or eight episodes of She-Ra. Now, now they've already seen it already, and I am. And they just love watching my expression when it's. I'm like, oh my god, what about this? And how about that? And oh my god, and I'm, I'm I'm just enthralled with everything that goes on, the storytelling, the representation, and then I'm just like, I don't get this, and I'm and I'm trying not to read spoilers, and um and it's it's it is okay. I can do a whole other whole other show. On it. All right, so number ninety six. This one I knew you were gonna be mad. At. <laughs> I knew when I put when I when I sent this to you that you were going to be mad at this. I have Gambit at ninety six. I, I was a little grumbly. <laughs> I I really wish I could have watched you just angrily like grimace at some of the some of the th- um, spots here. So I'm guessing you think it's too low because if I'm not mistaken, you're a huge fan of Mister and Mrs X. I, I do like Rogan Gambit, and you know I find Gambit to be kind of that. I grew up on the '90s cartoon, like a lot of us did, and he was kind of the suave jerk bag. Yeah, and I think there is just something endearing about him being a dick, but he's not maliciously so. If that makes any sense, it absolutely does because I don't think Gambit does anything. I don't think Gambit does anything maliciously. Period. Even no. when he's fighting people, it doesn't. Gambit doesn't look like he wants to fight ever. He no. always reminds me of someone who he's 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 the epitome of I'm a lover, not a fighter. But do not test him <laughs> because oh god no. So where would you have Gambit rated if you were writing if you were doing this? Where would you have him rated? I'd probably. 
probably have him maybe not in the top 50, but closer to the top 50. I could see that. And I knew that that was going to be one of the, this is one of the many ones that I think people were going to have a problem with was Gambit this low. But, and it was funny because I spent more time rearranging people on here than I did anything else. I think this yeah. might have been the one where I wish I would have made it, made it higher. And this was one of the ones that I couldn't get my bias away from because I'm not really a Gambit fan. I'm, appreci- yeah. I'm appreciating him. I appreciate him. And I'm starting to appreciate him more. But he's not really, like, my bag. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if you remove kind of, like, personal connections, this is a logical spot for him because he's not the most dynamic or inventive character, but he still has had a large impact. Absolutely. I also, and one of the things I also added, when I, or one of the things I also did when I, when I wrote this article was trying to figure out what they, have they had the superhero moment? I don't know if Gambit has had that moment yet. No. And that was, then that was the part that really befuddled me because he's been around for a very long time and he still hasn't had that superhero moment. All of the, it seems like all of the other X-Men, including Jubilee, have had that defining moment. And Gambit has always seemed like a B character. Yeah. So. Uh, I think that's actually a good way to describe him. He's kind of like a B character in an A-list movie. Uh, apparently I did this wrong. I have, hold on. I think I. Yeah. Oh, the the number. Yeah, I think I did this wrong. Hmm. Apparently. So I think I numbered them wrong, but fuck it. We'll just put. Uh... Yeah, because uh, this next one would be ninety-five. Oh yeah. So I can. I see where I messed it up, but I I got it right. So ninety-five would I put Damian Wayne? Uh, oh. Oh, I see. <laughs> I guess you want them higher, lower, not at all. Oh, I just don't like the little shit. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and that is why I have him on his list, because he's not supposed to be liked. And no. He, and he knows he's not. That whole thing he does, I'm like, every time I want to see him, I go, I want to powerbomb that little bastard. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, because I like, I think you referred to him as like a petulant and narcissistic child. And I absolutely agree with that, but... Actually, that's exactly what I called him. I called him a petulant, narcissistic child. And I think he's a... But, you know, again, removing my hatred of him. um, I think he is actually a good representation of the pull in morality between Talia herself and Bruce. That's damn good. Because Damien has a really good heart. And... But sometimes he doesn't really know do with it because we've seen talia act against her father a gajillion times yes and you know we kind of see bits of like genuine compassion from her yes like even in that weird lead up before the i'm using air quotes here marriage between batman and catwoman i was just gonna bring that up and talia's kind of like you know when they're doing their thing talia's like hey i like her yeah (laughs) and i love and I don't know if I had Talia on here, but um, I, I, uh, that's also due to my ignorance and not knowing a lot about her. I can't remember if she's on this list. But she's also, again, an important part of the Batman dynamic. Not just with Batman, but of course with Damian Wayne. I just, I, I fucking hate the retcon that they did that they've now gotten rid of again. Which was? Because re- <sighs> Damian was a love child between Talia and Bruce. And then 
um, there was some shenaniganery that was mixed around, and Talia uh, essentially sexually gave, assaulted, sexually assaulted Bruce. And it's like that was just anything about her character went out the window at that point. Like it really wasn't needed. So, like sometimes I think that when they when people use sexual assault, they don't use it in a way that no. makes sense. The only time I've actually seen it done well, invincible. Boom! Right there. Invincible. That's the only time I because, thought it was used well because it was just. It's one. It wasn't for once. It wasn't a woman. Yeah, and sexual assault against men is extremely prevalent. But it's, I mean, hell, in any kind of media, it's constantly played for a laugh. Yeah. And and that's that's not right. And I feel like it was just sensationalist what they did. And the one of the things I loved about it was. Um, when his father looked at him and he goes, he pushed her, he, she pushed herself on you, didn't he? And he just, like, and he was so upset with himself. He was yeah. upset with her and he was disappointed that he didn't see the signs. That like, there was so much to Invincible that I absolutely, I could do no, a whole other episode on Invincible, but <laughs> it's actually, Invincible was actually my favorite comic book series of all time. Like, hand Honestly, down. how great is that voice cast? Oh my God. Like, I would it's not flawless. have told you that Sandra O oh was a fucking incredible voice actress. Well, Sandra O oh has never done anything that's been bad ever. <laughs> oh, God, no. But um, it was years after the fact, kind of finding out that she did a bunch of voice work on even shit like American Dad and whatnot. Yeah, um, how dope is that? She, did, she was in Raya and the Last Drag. I mean, she's done a bunch of voice work. And it's just it, not what I was expecting, but I love yeah. her. Um, Hashtag killing Eve. Um so, I'm sorry. I'm queen of the sidetrack. Oh, that's... Uh, you've heard my show. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, next up, number 94, we have Ultron. High, low, or aptly rated? I'd say on this list, aptly rated. If this was like a villain-specific list, I'd bump him a little higher. But I think Ultron suffers from writers who don't know what to do with him a lot. I agree. I agree. But, I, I mean, and... Given the fact that he's um, actually, like, you know, was able to do exactly what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. I think that made him exponentially more terrifying. Yep. It took time, it took multiple trips to the future and the past. Oh, yeah. For them to, like, actually defeat him. And even then, we know him. I mean, back. he's he even uh, more or less created children for himself, like Victor Mancha is oh, a son yeah, of Ultron. Right. I forgot about that. Who was in Runaways was his first appearance, correct? Yes, I will always tie everything back to Runaways. I apologize. I'm okay with that. Uh, Number 94, I have Red Skull. Um, I'm not going to lie, my bias would not allow me to put a Nazi higher than that. (laughs) Uh, Where would you you rate him? I I think exactly where you have him is a good spot. Uh, Next up, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, he's a douche and I don't think anyone should like him. You shouldn't. But, yeah. Again, when it comes to heroes who've actually done things that they said they were going to do, mm-hmm. he, he did it. And, um, and I wrote in the, in the article I wrote that the heroes are lucky that he underestimated Deadpool. Which is something that people tend to do and it's like, and they always find out you guys are wrong. He may act the idiot but he's far from it. Oh, yeah. um, I'm going to say, on the, I'm going to go on record by saying that 
this one was way too low. I should have put her higher. I have Alana from Saga. She's <laughs> that book breaks me. Yeah. It it honestly like she's too low. She's too low on this list. So um, that's my fault, everyone. She definitely shouldn't have been on. Shouldn't have been in the she, top nine. Should should have been in like at least the top seventy five, if not the top fifty. But, I mean, she is just such. I mean, and here we have Brian K. Vaughn yet again, um, writing another woman who has Saga is just one of those books that it is not there to give you're not there to have a fun time you're not there to get lost in a cool story of space shenanigans you are there to get ground into the dirt mm-hmm. and saga is a book that will terrify you it will shake everything about you and it will break your heart time and again and the fact that every time something happens alana stands back up you know and that's that's the real that's the part about it that i think that gets lost around that is like she doesn't stay down ever no and it's and i i can't talk about how much i loved her in this specifically because like i was doing an episode where we did i wish you would have been on here for this we did a top 10 draft of comic book movie and tv show hotties so when we so when i redo the show and i and i do it just for comic book characters i'll make sure you're on for that um, but um, if we were doing straight combo characters, Alana would probably be in my top three picks, specifically oh, yeah. because I love really strong characters. Like my three, um, my three. If I had to pick a three, well, she's probably my top five. But my three favorite: Monet Saint Croix is number one, Kitty Pryde is number two, and Jessica Jones is number three. I have a thing for strong women. My wife is a tough. Did mother. you? Uh, did you hear about the new Jessica Jones book? No. Gail Simone's writing a Jessica Jones book. It's called The Variants. It's a miniseries, but Jessica Jones meets other ver- other versions of Jessica Jones. When is this coming out, and why do I not have it right now? <laughs> um, it was just announced, so I don't think we're going to be seeing it for a little while. Oh God! Can, can I get a, can I get a guest <laughs> writing spot right for your website <laughs> and talk about this? <laughs> I mean, probably. So yeah, but um, Alana was too low in ninety-two. Um, I think this next person. Um, is lucky they actually broke the top 100, and we have Kim Barton. <laughs> I don't think, and I was thinking about this yesterday as I was randomly like cleaning. I was just kind of like, you know, just thinking up stuff. I was like, oh, I'm just doing da da da, I'm cleaning. And I thought to myself, you know what? Clint Barton may be the worst Avenger. <laughs> I always, yeah. I always go with the Wasp, but Clint Barton is pretty bad. Like, hey, he, we do not respect Janet Van Dyne on this side of the microphone. Oh, we do not. Yeah, I love Janet. Oh, oh, we not we do not just dis- okay. Pardon, oh no, we do not. Pardon self, pardon self, pardon self. <laughs> I, I, will, no. I will say this: she saved Ares's ass in the <laughs> Mighty Avengers. Uh huh. But I think Hawkeye is one of the. I think he's a good representation of a true everyman superhero <laughs> because spider spider-man is the archetypical everyman, but I still feel like there's too much plot armor with spider-man. Ooh. With Hawkeye, no. If he needs a swift kick in the nuts, somebody will give him a swift kick in the nuts. So, like, are, so are you telling me? And I and I I make a joke when I say this. So, oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought that quick. So, oh, so Clint Barton is the uh, the Jack Burton of the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't mind Jeremy Renner playing um, Jack Burton. That's someone who I haven't. 
I haven't watched Hawkeye on Disney Plus because, well, I don't have Disney Plus, and I don't think I. I'm not the biggest fan of Disney itself, so I just tend to kind of like put it on the back burner. Gee, but I don't know why I he says sarcastically. I don't like the MCU, Jeremy. Or like you know the one from the actual movies itself. From everything I've heard about the show, it's much more. Um, it's much more akin to Matt Fraction, and I think he's really handled Hawkeye the best in the last 20, 25 years or so. Um, I will say the, um, this was the best representation of Hawkeye that we've seen because they actually had time to develop him. And, But one of it's funny because there was a, a New Avengers issue where Clint Barton was talking to Echo when he was saying how like when you're around all these gods and super soldiers and I'm just sitting here with my little stupid bow and arrow... Like, you, you never really think that you're going to be important. And I think that we, they showed how true that is, but also his relationship with Kate Bishop was something mm-hmm. else. It, was, it wasn't as creepy as it was with the Matt Fraction one, because one of the, one of the creepier moments of that, when um, Kate asked why she trusts him, and Clint said something, because you're the only woman I don't want to sleep with, I'm like, Ew! <laughs> yeah, and granted, but un- unfortunately, that ties back to his history because I mean, uh, ages ago, there's a scene with um, Valkyrie Brunhilda, and he kisses her unwarrantedly. I mean, it's it's sexual harassment, and she kind of knocks him out. And she's you know, Valkyrie was introduced way back in the day to essentially be a parody of the feminist movement at the time. So every man was. A- Every man is a chauvinist pig, rabble, 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 men are stupid. And then she turns away and, you know, the thought bubble pops up and she's all like, not that I didn't like it. And I've, I've always hated that. Can I, can I tell you one of my favorite moments of, uh, <laughs> of women empowerment? Was, oh, God. It <laughs> was Wonder Woman and Orion. Oh, God. <laughs> Which she, like, twists. His- <laughs> yeah, and she was like, you will respect me. And he was like, I will. I, and it was just like, yes, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I loved it because it was just like, because it was funny because I remember, because this is going to sound really corny and cheesy, but when me and my wife aren't around each other to give good night kisses, I send her a comic book kiss. So I have a specific photo album of comic book kisses. And one of them I had, I was just randomly Googling comic book kisses. And one of them came up with Wonder Woman and Orion. And then I was like, oh, let me see how this happened. And I saw that. And, oh, we're not saving this picture. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at number 90, we have the better Hawkeye, Bullseye. If this was, I honestly think if this was a villains only list, I would have him higher. But because this is a encompassing all comic books, I had to put him a little bit. I had to put him lower. But I think Bullseye is one of the better villains because there is no redeeming quality to him. He's an expert at what he does. He's funny. There is no and real backstory to him. He's just an asshole. I appreciate a villain that's just a villain sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Not every villain needs to be redeemed or an anti-hero. I agree. I mean, I think for certain characters, an anti-hero narrative, like you know, Poison Ivy, for example, I think an anti- anti-hero narrative for her makes perfect sense. But, you know, for somebody like Bullseye, I don't need a backstory or anything like that. I just need him trying to shoot people and getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Uh, great Bullseye moment was the Hulk caught him, and he looked at, Hulk looked at him and goes, pay taxes. And the Bullseye goes, I pay taxes now. 
Um, at number 89, we got Frank Castle. I stand mm-hmm. by keeping him a little bit lower, specifically because um, great character. He's had his moments. He's been great. He's been fantastic. But honestly, he doesn't <sighs> rank. Just... He doesn't rank high enough. He doesn't rank high enough for me to make him any higher than what he does. And unfortunately, I think the I'm using air quotes again. Impact <laughs> he's had um, socially in recent years, like. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like it's tarnished the character and it shouldn't because it is everything he stands against. Yeah. Um, Matt um, um, Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Did a whole, thank you. Did a whole thing about that. And he was, specifically was like, I'm not the person you should be looking up to. You want to find somebody like that? His name is Steve Rogers. And I feel like that was Frank Castle. Yeah. It's absolutely that. Even in the, um, the Garth Ennis runs when he was specifically like, I'm not the person you're supposed to be looking up to. I'm a horrible human being, and I know I'm a horrible human being. Or in the Moon Knight series, where Moon Knight says to him, hey, so let's say you accomplish your goals and you kill every uh, mobster out there. He goes, there's always one bullet left to to settle the the score. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, that's dark. But he's aware that he's a shitty person. Yeah. Um, Number 88... My favorite Star Wars character, Dr. Aphra. Yes. I actually (laughs) wrote an article and she was in it and I called it uh, Gay Panic in Space. (laughs) Please send that to me. I need need to read that. (laughs) But Dr. Ike, I was late to the Star Wars comic book train. I jumped on because Mike Diodota Jr. is one of my favorite comic book artists. And he drew a, a page of Darth Vader just demolishing people. So I jumped mm-hmm. on the Darth Vader stuff, and then I met Dr. Hathaway. I'm like, oh, who is this? And then her series came out. I'm way behind on it, but I fell in love with Dr. Hathaway immediately. She's the oh, yeah. badass. I think I, she's the biggest badass in the universe. I feel like she is the kind of puckish rogue that Han Solo was originally meant to be. I think she's a perfected version of that. Oh, wow. And Good. Good, good. I, 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 I can't say it better, honestly. And I will be the first to admit, I am not a capital Star Wars fan. I like the movies. I have not seen Clone Wars. It seems like too much. I grew up on Star Trek. That is my wheelhouse. Like, we want to talk Picard, let's talk Picard. I'm there for laser swords and space wizards. But um, Dr. Aphra just, like, she pulls you in. Yeah, a thousand percent. And it's she's super intelligent. She's super conniving, and I love her um, her tech tattoo. Yes, her, I wish I would have saw that before I got um, my Iron Man tech thing going on because nice. it's so fucking cool. But she is just a badass. Just I, think I she, appreciate she tricked Darth Vader. Oh yeah, and I appreciate that she has moral quandaries with both the Empire and the Rebellion. Yeah. Because she she will point out the logical inconsistencies with the rebellion, and you know she did grow up in the empire. You know she was schooled there, and she realizes that it's not perfect. But internally, and I am speaking internally within the empire, it's not a bad life for the average citizens that live there. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm not making a declaration. I'm just referencing <laughs> an issue where she talks about it. Everybody heard that she made a declaration. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
But, you know, and I appreciate that she points that out. She doesn't work for either side. You know, she doesn't have loyalties. She's a little disturbed when um, the girlfriend that she makes think killed her is working with the rebellion. She's like, please don't tell me that you're there for hope. Please don't tell me you're here for hope. God damn it, you said hope. (laughs) Um, Number 87, we have Aquaman. High, low, aptly. Oh, God, James is going to kill me. But I'd say that's apt. Aquaman is James's favorite superhero. And oh, fuck, I meant to text. I meant to see if he wanted to jump on. Completely forgot about that. I think he may have actually had to work today. Oh, okay. So he can't, he can't kill me too much. Now. <laughs> I think... I just think that Aquaman has a history that's a little too ridiculous at times. I mean, the character has evolved far beyond Super Friends. But I think just the stigma stayed with him too long that it made it difficult to tell serious stories to anyone who wasn't a pre-existing fan of Aquaman. Yes. And I was lucky enough to kind of jump on Aquaman uh, New 52. So I got all the good shit. (laughs) Yeah. As much as I want to punch Jeff Johns in the face, um... He he does write a good Aquaman. Is Jeff Johns a dick and I just don't know? Yes. Oh. He did some... I want to preface this. I, I'm i a fan of Zack Snyder's movies, but I'm not a capital Zack Snyder fan, if that makes any sense. I saw Dawn of the Dead back in you know, 2004, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so gory. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Sucker Punch, all of that. And I am a staunch supporter of Ray Fisher. And Jeff Johns has been exposed of doing a lot of shady shit. There's the scene in the Snyder Cut where Cyborg hacks the ATM machine and puts a bunch of money in that lady's account. Yes. Come to find out that Jeff Johns essentially removed that from the Whedon Justice League cut and then stole it for Doom Patrol. Because we see Cyborg do the exact same thing in Doom Patrol. <laughs> of course. Alright. I've, I've heard a bunch of people say like things like how much of a dick he is, so I just don't bother fucking with him. Um, yeah, and, and it was funny. So number eighty six, we have Mara. Oh, love her. Would you? Uh, what do you think? Too low? Too high? I mean, I'm partial to just women in general, um, <laughs> but I would put her higher because she is. Her power level is terrifying because in the Rebirth Aquaman book, she knocks out she gets a she gets a dirty hit on Superman, and she knocks him on his ass. Uh, she solos the Justice League, like she solos the Justice League, um, because this is when Arthur is off in wherever, and she briefly joins the Justice League. She is in a rage, takes them all down. She takes out the Flash by ripping the water out of his body. I mean, it makes like, sense, like, considering what she can do. And this is when... Uh, can I... Okay, I'm gonna... You know, I'm gonna save this rant for when this character comes up. Never mind, because it involves water, it involves underrated. I'm pretty sure you know who I'm talking about, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. Mm-hmm. But when I saw... The first time I saw Mara, she turned... Uh, I think she had, like... <laughs> which is funny, one of my favorite albums, Liquid Swords... And she was, like, cutting steel. I was like, damn! Oh, yeah. Like, she's a bad motherfucker. I said, okay, I didn't know this is who he was. Again, but this was also my ignorant, um, pro, super pro Marvel mind who didn't know anything about DC Comics. And And admittedly, the, um, 
adapted material really didn't do her any favors. Um, Flashpoint did her no favors. I I wanted to. I, I'm going to disagree here only because I wait. Did Mara die? Oh yeah, she gets her head chopped off by Wonder oh, Woman. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, that was that was that did no one no. I I kept I, that did no one any favors. It was it was Flashpoint was good, but I think it's vastly overrated. The ch- the central narrative, I would argue, is the best. The side books got out of control. I d- thankfully I didn't read any of the side books. I just read. Oh my god! No, I did read. No, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm lying. I did read the Batman one, only because yeah. I really wanted to know what happened with him and his wife. Like, and I loved the idea of Martha. Like, it was a really cool concept, and then they beat it to death. Mm-hmm. Like. If I have to see Thomas Wayne pop up and do some shit one more time, I'm going to start lighting books on fire. You sound like my wife who was like, I swear to God, if I see those pearls drop on the floor, one more fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we have Hellboy. Um, Again, admittedly, I don't know a lot about him, but I know he had a major effect on the comic book genre in general. So I think oh, yeah. 85, I think, is generous, because I don't know. I, I read a little bit. He doesn't really seem like someone who's greatly, like, deep. So I think 85 was probably the best place to put him. He has a rich mythos throughout. And, you know, he was really um, early proof that Dark Horse could stand on its own. Yeah. Because Dark uh, Hellboy basically is what's keeping the lights on at Dark Horse. Really? Because they've... They lost Star Wars, they lost Buffy, they have lost a lot of their major contracted properties. And Hellboy is what is keeping the lights on. And they've, you know, spun out, you've got books like Lobster Johnson, you know, the um, BPRD, you know. So you have a whole thing that spiraled out from that. And I think what actually really did help are the Guillermo del Toro movies, which are phenomenal. I love practical effects, he brings that. Uh, The most recent movie... Was Ass. awful, but it was, was bored. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna say I'll say what I say, but go ahead first. Yeah, the gore in the recent film was on par with the book, so that's an accurate representation of what a Hellboy comic book looks like. But in, they should have had Ron Perlman come back. So, do you know what my? And it's funny because I like the dude who plays um, Hellboy in that, but I just thought there was a. He just wasn't the right fit for that. And you're right. Raw Perlman should have absolutely come back. My biggest takeaway, and I think my biggest annoyance with that was it seemed like in the beginning that we were going to get like a two-hour anthology where he just mm-hmm. was kind of just going to fight different monsters. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then it kind of veered away from it, and I just got really bored. Yeah. So, uh, this was hard for me because he's one of my top ten favorite characters of all time. But Luke Cage is only at an 84. But I will admit, I'm actually a little surprised. Because how much I love Luke Cage? <laughs> yeah, and, and not only that, but because what the character has come to represent in several years. I mean, you know, he has a complicated relationship with, you know, being a husband and a father. And it just, it adds a lot of depth and complexity to his character. I agree when it admittedly his early portrayals it was the silver it was the early, it was but the, the 70s it was the height of the silver age which is notoriously my least favorite era of comics where everybody was pretty much just a stereotype mm-hmm. 
So um, I'll read a little excerpt from this. And the first thing I said was, Luke Cage spent a large portion of his comic book existence being boring. He was strong and bulletproof. That's not enough to make him interesting. Fast forward to early 2000s. He became one of the most interesting characters in Marvel Comics. Luke Cage became a reluctant leader of the Outlaw Avengers, this writer's favorite roster. It's a team that helped take down Norman Osborn's regime. All of this while being a father and a husband. Though that time as an Avenger was relatively short-lived, it was an important time for Luke Cage and Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics fans. All Luke Cage needs is the right writer to bring his popularity back. So there was also a thing when I, as I was writing this, his popularity like dropped significantly. His the, one of the, solo the TV show that, didn't do him any favors. No, and the comic book that came in after that was just god awful. I hated it. And, yeah. when it got, and when it got canceled, I'm like. You know, I don't want to see a comic book get canceled, but I was like, I stopped reading this five issues ago. A book that had a lot of promise was Black Panther and the Crew, and I believe he was supposed to be in that, but um, because Marvel is the... I used to work at a comic book shop. Marvel is the bane of my existence. They canceled it in pre-order. I saw that. Because... That pissed me the fuck off. Because uh, Black Panther and the Crew and then Angela Queen of Hell were both canceled in pre-order because the pre-order sales for the first two issues weren't high enough. Okay, so I was wondering why, like, one moment I saw Angela Queen of Hell and then I just didn't see it again. I was like, that was... It was, it was, it was canceled in pre-order. So one of the parts that pisses me off about the, the cancellations and things like that is you can't... So, and I'll be, I'll be the one to say this, and I'm pretty sure you understand this from, from being... Um, a member of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community, the crew was too black. <laughs> That's what it was. And I found that a lot of times when a comic book is too black, they cancel it. Yeah. Tom, Tom Coates did a great thing where he learned how to balance the two. And when he wrote Captain, he was writing Captain America, Hobby called him woke cap. And it, it was. But it's funny that he knew how to balance, balance it enough just so Marvel execs wouldn't cancel And, you know, this is something we see time and again from Marvel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, I worked at a comic book shop and a comic book warehouse for a number of years. And, unfortunately, the bulk of the direct market, which comics base their sales on, you can buy as many digital books as you want. And comic companies will still go buy the Diamond single-issue pre-orders. I've heard nothing but bad things about Diamond in general oh diamond is awful i actually have um some pictures buried away on my phone of like the broken pallets and ripped up books we used to get because their shipping was just awful i have nothing good to say about diamond i have um um, i used to do like i used to work at a comic book shop for um, store credit and so one of the the comic owner was telling me like he would just get these like so when he had like he would have to be careful because you know normally you just use a box cutter to open a box oh yeah and he would say that like he had to stop doing it because they packed it so poorly that mm-hmm, that it would rub off on the covers. Exactly. Because I used to work for a midtown like distributor. I mean, so we're talking that level. They would do you know a million dollars of sales in like a month or whatever. Diamond's biggest account, um, and we would get thousands of books a week. And I mean, at least a fifth. I think of all the Marvel books we had to damage out because the covers were. Uh, we called it cover pull, where the color pulls off of the cover. If you handled them too long, your fingers would be black from the ink bleeding off the books. Oh, fucking shame. Oh, yeah. Damn it, Wade! 